to the Thread and Ladle podcast, where we share conversations about living a handmade life and inspire each other to practice daily acts of creativity. I'm your host, Beatrice Perrin Dolan. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 1, An Introduction. Hello, listeners. I'm so glad that you're joining me today on this journey, this new podcast, the very first episode of this podcast that I'm launching. Today, I wanted to share a little bit about myself and my fiber journey so that you know a little bit more about me and the voice you're listening to. I am a fiber artist and a knitter. I am a knitwear designer. I'm based in Southern Maine, with my fa- where I live with my family. Let's bring it back to the beginning. Growing up, I was a military brat. We moved around a lot. We lived all kinds of places all over the East Coast, and we lived twice in Iceland. In fact, I'm the only child of the four in my family that wasn't born in Iceland. So we moved a lot. We were in cars a lot, on airplanes a lot. And my first memory of any kind of fiber arts is of embroidery. And we were in the car, probably headed home to see my extended family for some holiday. And I remember watching my mother embroider something and she was making French knots. And if you've ever watched someone make make French knots, you know, it's it's a fascinating stitch. And I watched her make them over and over and finally I had just figured out how to do it by watching her and I asked her if I could try it. When she showed me how to do it or she tried to show me how to do it, I waved her off and and just started making them. There was lots of sewing projects sprinkled throughout my childhood. My grandmother grew up in Germany and she was a classically trained seamstress and a very talented seamstress. She had taught my mom how to sew. And though my mom didn't sew a lot, she knows how to sew and she passed her knowledge on to me. My first real sewing project was with my grandmother, who I call Nana. She was watching me and my siblings for the weekend while my parents were off doing something. I'm the oldest of four. And she took us to the fabric store, helped me pick out a pattern, thread, all the notions. This while also watching my younger siblings. I still remember that outfit. It was a pair of baby blue pants with a zipper and a hook and eye and a spaghetti strap tank top with darts that I picked this sort of like multicolored fabric for because I had quite a strange sense of style in in high school. And some might say I still do. Anyways, after that weekend of sewing with my grandmother, I was off and running. We had this beautiful old sewing machine my mom had. It was one of those tables that has the fold out leaf and the sewing machine would fold up. And I spent a lot of time at that sewing machine, sewing things kind of in the middle of our living room um, for school the next day. I remember this one project in particular. I made a pair of these like very retro running shorts out of terry cloth of all things, because it's what I could find in my mom's stash. When I was, I think, 15, my grandmother bought me my very first sewing machine. And that was one of the best gifts I ever got, I think. She had given me the knowledge and now she was giving me the tools and I really sewed all the time. I sewed clothes all through high school. I had my sewing machine set up in my bedroom, my bedroom, which was in the basement. And I would stay up till all hours of the night sewing clothes for school the next day. I made all my prom dresses. 
And later my grandmother helped me make my wedding dress as well. My high school sweetheart, who is now my husband around that time, also taught me how to knit. And like all knitters, all my first projects were kind of yucky acrylic yarn and full of holes and garter stitch. But from that moment, knitting was always around. It was always a thread in my life. And when I got to college, I started a knit night and I would stay up really late uh, binge watching Sex in the City with my roommates while we knit and crocheted. It was always there, always part of my life. Anyways, I went, I decided to go to art school, even though fashion design school had been, the idea had been floated. I went to Massachusetts College of Art. I did study a lot of fibers. I also dabbled in printmaking and photography and ultimately graduated with a sculpture degree, though all of my work was fibers based. I traveled after college. I went to graduate school for education. And around that time, I got married. And after I graduated from graduate school, I started teaching. In 2012, my husband and I had a baby. We had already moved to Maine. I had been teaching for a few years. And if you're a mother, you know that motherhood shifts everything. I left my full-time job and I stayed home with my baby, my son Otto. I started a blog. I had a lot to say about the shifts that motherhood was creating in my life. And I just felt inspired to share them. I had very few readers, but I enjoyed connecting with the handful of readers I met from all over the world, and some of them I still keep in touch with. And my mom. I had always wondered about writing knitting patterns, and so one day I published a free knitting pattern on my blog and posted it to Ravelry. It was this little baby vest that I had knit for my son, and I just wanted to put it out there. I knew very little at the time about traffic and stats, but I stumbled across this page on my blog one day and I was blown away by the number of visitors this free pattern had received, like thousands and thousands and thousands, whereas my normal blog post received maybe 200 hits if I was lucky. After that, my interest was even more piqued with knitwear design. I used to sit and look at interweave knits and wonder how those people got their patterns in the magazines. With some advice from my local knitwear designing friends, there's like a real hot spot of knitwear designers here in Maine and Bristol and Ivy and Elizabeth Smith were people I had met through the local knitting scene and they let me pick their brains. And after talking to them and getting a little bit of courage, I started submitting my designs to magazines and yarn companies. And from there, it just snowballed. I... I wasn't working or I was working part time, actually doing my blog, starting to do knitwear design. And then in 2014, I had another baby, my daughter, Lilo or Lisa Lada. And if you look through my Ravelry page, you'll see a few patterns named after her. And she is named after my grandmother who first taught me to knit. In 2016, I launched a Kickstarter to publish my first book. I had discovered this inspiring and thriving fiber community of Maine, and I had a vision. I wanted to see a collaboration between all the hand knitwear designers, the yarn makers, the dyers, and the wool loving folks of Maine. It was a passion project. And amazingly, my Kickstarter was funded. I raised over $20,000 to publish a book. In 2017, I published that book. 
side note, now there are only a few hundred copies of that book left called Main Knit. So if you're interested in snagging a copy from my website, you should head over to threadandladle.com now and grab yourself a copy. This fall marks a great point in my knitwear design business. I've been working at this for about five years now, and it's not easy work. It's hard work, it's time consuming, and the payoff isn't always there. But I've kept doing it. And I'm proud of what I've built. I'm proud of my book. I'm proud of my designs. And for the first time, I'm not just doing this work in the wee hours while my kids are sleeping or the rare moments I can find in a day between parenting and parenting. For the first time ever, I'm doing this work as my primary job or really my secondary job because parenting is my primary job. Those days when both my children are at school, a few days a week, this is my primary focus for the first time ever. I'm incredibly grateful for the chance to do creative work to help support my family. And I'm really excited to continue to grow my business and even more excited to finally be able to bring you this podcast, which I've been thinking about for literally years. I'm so excited to share some conversations with you about living a handmade life where creativity is to be found in the everyday. I really want to hear from you and I want to just inspire each other. You can expect a lot of talk about knitting on the podcast because I'm first and foremost a knitwear designer, but you can also expect conversations about other needle crafts, gardening, cooking, parenting, and generally living a holistic life. For me personally, knitting is a thread that runs through all of these topics And I can't talk about one without touching on the others. My first couple episodes I have planned are mostly technical knitting related. But as we move through episodes, you'll find more episodes that talk about mindfulness and knitting and taking care of ourselves, which are important topics for everyone. I welcome your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. You can visit my Thread and Ladle Ravelry group to make suggestions or join the general general podcast chatter. I would also be delighted if you could take the time to leave a review on iTunes. It helps this podcast reach other interested listeners and it helps me continue to produce it. Today, I'd like to leave you with this poem from Rumi, translated by Coleman Barks. I thought it a lovely ode to friendship to mark this first episode and you joining me here today. Of being woven. The way is full of genuine sacrifice. The thickets blocking the path are anything that keeps you from that, any fear that you might be broken to bits like a glass bottle. The road demands courage and stamina, yet it's full of footprints. Who are these companions? They are rungs in your ladder. Use them. With company, you quicken your ascent. You may be happy enough going along, but with others, you'll get farther and faster. Someone who goes cheerfully by himself to the customs house to pay his traveler's tax will go even more lightheartedly when friends are with him. Every prophet sought out companions. A wall standing alone is useless, but put three or four walls together and they'll support a roof and keep the grain dry and safe. When ink joins with a pen, then the blank paper can say something. Rushes and reeds must be woven to be useful as a mat. If they weren't interlaced, the wind would blow them away. Like that, God paired up creatures and gave them friendship.
for joining me today on the Thread and Ladle podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes are posted or when I publish a new knitting pattern, you can sign up for my email list at threadandladle.com slash newsletter. You can also find me on Ravelry and on Instagram under the handle at threadandladle. Until next time, may you find joy and creativity in your days.